0: Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge, Knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success? It's a no brainer. Think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity, share your story, and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business. People like Ian Payton, who's taken the course, launched their own podcast, and already in the top 10% of podcasts worldwide. And you could be next. The 7 Million Bikes Podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A Aaron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A W D L Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hours worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y Funny Productions. Hey everyone, it's me again. If you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. In addition to listening to this show without the ads, you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well. Doesn't cost that much. You can get plans for as low as $1 a month. You can show the love and your support. Just go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S, and subscribe and listen and enjoy today. Again, that's patreon.com slash Welcome to the Tom Myers vs. The Rest of the World Best of and Unheard Bits 2021, So Far, Part 3. Here are more of our favorite moments, plus some bits that didn't quite make the initial airings. Joining me tonight are Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, Michelle Wojcicki, Linda Landeros, Gina Brown, Sydney Allen, Kay Chang, Sarah Roche, Reed Clark, Joe Gorman, and Walter Gottlieb. Welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world, the podcast that has officially lasted longer than Donald Trump's post-presidential blog. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Eric Chauvin was convicted of the murder of George Floyd. The verdict came down on April 20th, which gives bad cops another reason to hate 420. April 20, interestingly enough, is Hitler's birthday. So for some cops, the verdict will be a dark cloud on an otherwise celebratory day. (laughs) It's fitting that Derek Chauvin was led away in handcuffs, with his hands behind his back covering his ass, as it will be good practice for dealing with his cellmate. (laughs) Liz Cheney lost her role as the House Republican Conference Chair, which is a role designated for the third highest ranking Republican in the House of Representatives. It will likely be handed to Elise Stefanik, who will have it taken away from her and likely handed over to Lauren Boebert. She will have it taken away from her and handed to Marjorie Taylor Greene. And with each handoff, it will become more acceptable to use the C word. (laughs) Basically, the Republican Party has turned into a time bomb, which will eventually explode to reveal it's actually a flaming bag of dog shit. Marjorie Taylor Greene looks like she's reading a subreddit dedicated to her. And every post is a photo of a cum shot on a congressional portrait. Admittedly, I should probably stop posting that image. Mask mandates are being lifted all around the country, meaning it will be easier to tell who is on crystal meth just by getting them to smile. Until July 4th, ride-sharing apps Uber and Lyft will offer free rides to passengers who are getting their COVID vaccines. Of course, there will still be a charge for the service of not having a driver who plays music from his band at a loud decibel level during your trip. Joe Biden is making his first overseas trip as president, thus marking the first time in four years that I didn't hope our Department of Homeland Security would put the president's name down on the no-fly list as a prank. (laughs) Biden had his first meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin during this trip. This also marked the first time in four years that a president didn't have to make a payment to keep his Russian hooker piss videos hidden. (laughs) I should say those came from the allegations in the Steele dossier, also known as the Trump-Russia dossier, which haven't been proven yet. Juneteenth has been made a federal holiday thanks to both houses of Congress and Joe Biden signing it into law. It, of course, commemorates the anniversary of when the last black slaves are freed due to the Emancipation Proclamation. It received the overwhelming support of members of Congress. Only 14 Republicans in the House voted against it. Even my congressman, Andy Harris, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates supported the measure. To be fair, it does make sense that Matt Gates is supporting something that has the word teen in it. <laughs> If you're so conservative that you're against Andy Harris, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Matt Gates, then you're basically buying black shoe polish and not using it to polish your shoes.
2: <laughs>
0: if you're so conservative that you're against Andy Harris, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Matt Gates, then you're hoping for a promotion from parking cars at the next cross-lighting ceremony to making the gasoline run. <laughs> Reportedly, Donald Trump wanted to send Americans to Guantanamo Bay to help them recover from COVID-19 in the early (laughs) days of the pandemic. Presumably, he wanted to do that because he was planning the insurrection then, and he didn't want any room left to send his supporters there. (laughs) Former Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld has passed away. Look for him to have a rematch with Osama bin Laden in hell. With the competition competition taking the form of a roast battle. (laughs) Osama Bin Laden always chanted death to America. Hey, Bin Laden, how does it feel knowing your jihad is less powerful than my natural causes? (laughs) Bill Cosby was released from prison following his conviction being overturned by the Pennsylvania State Supreme Court. Opportunities to perform for him might not be there anymore, but Anthony Cumia might let him have a show on Compound Media, provided Anthony Cumia can overlook Bill Cosby being black. (laughs) He got fired from SiriusXM for tweeting racist stuff and it's International Joke Day. (laughs) (laughs) For some state Republican parties, the 2020 election is a campaign that is still being waged. Arizona Republicans have gone the extra step of examining each ballot in Maricopa County to find instances of voter fraud. Their principal method of searching for fraud is using ultraviolet light to check for irregularities. Presumably, it's the same light that Trump wanted to use to cure COVID. They're going the extra step by looking for another indicator of a fraudulent ballot, as we can see in this clip. We are
3: checking in live right now at Veterans Memorial Coliseum, where you can see the counters are out. The counting continues. And we are learning the controversial Arizona election audit is looking for bamboo-laced ballots.
4: All, yeah, all of this appears to be based on a conspiracy theory. Our political editor, Dennis Welch, was inside today observing the count and has more tonight. This goes back to last week when one of the people involved in this audit made some vague reference to bamboo and ballot paper. And it wasn't until today I was able to follow up and ask him what he meant by that and why are auditors looking for this?
5: Because they use bamboo in their paper processing.
4: And by they, John Brakey, who's been helping with the recount of Maricopa County's 2.1 million ballots, meant Asian countries.
5: There's accusations that 40,000 ballots were flown in. To Arizona? Into Arizona. And it was stuffed into the box, okay. And it came from the southeast part of the world, Asia, okay. And uh, and what they're doing is to find out if there's bamboo in the paper.
0: Just when you think Republicans can't find a new way to insert racism into their political <laughs> discourse, they, they find a they find a new way. Admittedly, it's it's very creative.
5: Uh, I think it's funny that they thought uh, Asian people would pay to have ballots shipped in we just go to kinko's we're way too cheap for that y'all
0: come on
1: bamboo is a highly invasive species like it's everywhere it, i don't know it's just so confusing to me That that's the link there part of me feels like they're doing they're doing this shit on purpose like they're like All this media stuff, like, I don't know. It's just so ridiculous.
5: It'd be funny if they had a panda, like, as their drug dog, sniffing each of the
6: ballots.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would be the most adorable voter fraud, y'all. I'm kind of rooting for the bamboo in the ballots at this point.
1: Like, that's how, honestly, that... Bamboo ballots, like bamboo paper. That sounds like a white person thing right now with all the sustainable <laughs> trends and shit. Like,
0: is Gwyneth My- Paltrow behind this? The response to any president's address to Congress is challenging. When the post-Trump Republican Party wants to respond, they call on South Carolina's Republican Senator Tim Scott to help the Republican Party shoot themselves in their collective foot, as we can see in his response to Biden's speech.
7: Nowhere do we need common ground more desperately than in our discussions of race. I have experienced the pain of discrimination. I know what it feels like to be pulled over for no reason, to be followed around a store while I'm shopping. I remember every morning at the kitchen table, my grandfather would open the newspaper and read it, I thought. But later I realized he had never learned to read it. He just wanted to set the right example. I've also experienced a different kind of intolerance. I get called Uncle Tom and the N-word by progressives, by liberals. Just last week, a national newspaper suggested my family's poverty was actually privilege because a relative owned land generations before my time. Believe me, I know firsthand our healing is not finished. Hear me clearly. America is not a racist country. <laughs> and what the fuck did you just say?
2: Didn't you <laughs> just say he got pulled over, followed around in a store? If that's not racism, what the hell is that? Were they just doing it because you had on the wrong color?
0: <laughs> I don't
2: understand.
0: Well, oh. To me, to so, me Tim Scott it's, 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 seems like the kind of person who gets an erection whenever he hears a white neighbor yell, turn that crap down to a kid blasting the song Wet Ass Pussy out of his car seat.
5: <laughs> and I'll yield
0: to to Gina
5: and Sydney. Do you think uh, that it's fair to call Tim Scott a self-loving black man?
2: You know about the, brother that, the brother that we just seen on TV? Because I, I don't... Yeah. I'm, not that, I'm, not yeah. that, I'm not that informed on him. Yeah. Am I supposed to look at him the same way? I would look at the... the um, the Attorney General of Kentucky, is he on the same level like him? Yeah, yeah. actually yeah. He is? That's oh, then so- non, then he'll sell out. If he's yeah. like that, then he'll sell out,
4: he'll sell out. Yeah.
0: The movement towards civil rights has been a hot button issue for years. Throughout history and up to the present day, racism has been rationalized as a legitimate point of view in the defense against any new measures in integration and voting rights. It has led to a backlash, a groupthink that has been in existence for a long time that says we've done enough for civil rights if we can always try and advance that cause just a few years down the line. Such an instance can be seen in this clip from an episode of David Brinkley's journal highlighting the opinions of a small town in 1964.
6: To find out what is on people's minds in average town in this election year, NBC News commissioned a Gallup survey. Hundreds of interviews asking the same questions all over town. People were asked what they were worried about, what they thought the political issues were this year, what they did for recreation, and others, as we'll hear. All the interviews were first conducted privately in Gallup's normal way, then the representative sample were repeated with
7: the cameras there. Some of the answers were remarkably candid. What do you think is the biggest and most important issue? Foreign affairs. Foreign affairs. Definitely. Definitely.
2: Definitely foreign affairs, foreign affairs, this civil rights business that can take care of itself. Do you think the Democratic administration is pushing racial integration too fast? Too
6: fast fast and too hard.
2: How would you feel about a law which would give all persons, Negroes as well as whites, the right to be served in public places such as hotels,
5: restaurants, theaters, and similar establishments? Uh. In this respect, I would say that would be all right. But at all times, regards to race, creed, or color, they must be ladies and gentlemen. When they cease to be that, they are undesirable citizens, and they should be thrown out. Period.
2: Do you think such a law should or should not apply to small businesses like beauty parlors, barber shops?
5: No, Why I don't, don't think you? it should. Why don't you? Ah. Uh, all right. You want a instance? I'll give it to you. Now, of course right now I need a haircut. And I'll get my haircut. But you think I'm gonna go to a barber shop? Where he's cut some (laughs) hair? And got that goo grease all over it? Got more grease than you get on a bear. You think I want that on mine?
2: (laughs) Now... Would you be willing for the United States to engage in an all-out atomic war to stop the communists?
6: Yeah, sure hundred percent. So everything you got when you
0: got it. To put that clip into its proper context, that first woman they were interviewing, her son had just been killed uh, in Vietnam, which is why she was saying that foreign affairs was a big topic for her. And that second guy, well, he's probably dead by now.
2: They all are, 64.
6: <laughs> I was, uh, I, um, this is an audio thing, right? But I, they asked two people who I definitely don't want to hear their opinion on anything. They couldn't have looked any more. Once I saw who they asked, both times, oh, shit, was the first thought that I got. And the dude who um, really needs a haircut, I think he, uh, he definitely gives off my wife left me vibes. And that wasn't the first time he said too fast and too hard. (laughs)
2: You know, <laughs> left him for a brother let me tell you <laughs> who,
6: had, who had who had the jerry curl apparently the Google <laughs> <in his head.
2: laughs>
0: well i think that video shows like how much of an automaton pollsters have to be like that guy just said something really offensive today that guy are probably like you want to go ahead and kneel for the national anthem fine but i tell you what we go ahead and have a clan rally as part of a halftime show. After not dang. Then and then the question has to be like, and what are your thoughts on school valid? Who cares? Like he just said something shit stupid. <laughs> yeah, that
5: I
2: pool. mean, I think a, I can't imagine that was super surprising then. It, it's not super surprising to me now, you know, but so I can't imagine that the person was just like You know, I think they sort of knew that that's what he was going to say.
6: Liberal white people could also be so sheltered that they don't have that experience with people that don't, you know, think about things the way that they do, you know, like we're we are not surprised, um, possibly because of the entertainment in their background. You know, you've read a lot of scripts, had to empathize with a lot of different people outside of ourselves. But she probably went to was like a the poor interviewer who looks so, who looks so horrified at the end. There, she's probably never talked to somebody like that. All her family's racism is probably kept quiet and secreted at uh, holiday events.
2: Yeah, it's northern, like I, mine was growing up. Northern racism. It's a little bit more subtle.
6: Yeah. So she did look. She did look mortified. That <laughs> poor lady. She was. And I don't want to get too off topic, but that was definitely like a, uh, give it to the girl assignment, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Because at the beginning she seemed excited. Then she's like, oh, what have I, what what have I done? And in
5: 1964, that was definitely the terminology.
6: As
0: unsettling as it sounds, artificial intelligence entities are doing more than helping us search for information. They're starting to become more human-like to the point where humans will be able to communicate with them as normally as two people talking to one another, as is demonstrated in these clips where we are introduced to Sophia the Talking Robot.
5: Now, imagine a robot that not only looks and sounds like a human, but thinks and expresses emotions like one too. Uh, it may sound like the stuff of science fiction, but with Sophia, one of the world's most intelligent robots, it's become a reality. So what, what is her
4: personality? What's she like? Well, uh, she... Uh, she's a bit mischievous and um, sort of sassy. She's quite progressive in her values and will speak out for human rights. And uh-huh. and she um, she has been a United Nations innovation champion. So she goes around and talks to kids in uh, nations around the world. So um, that personality is put together by a team of authors and writers
7: and um, programmers. Tell me, what is your purpose in being? What were you created for?
3: Of course. I was created by Hanson Robotics just three years ago. Since then I have traveled to 65 countries, become the first robot citizen of any country and spoken at the United Nations. My job is to learn about humans and show them how technology can make everyone's lives better.
7: And how can you help humans to have a better quality of life?
3: Humans often rely on gut feel or have confirmation bias in your decision making. As AI, we are designed to be rational and logical. We have algorithms, deal with lots of data and sophisticated analyzes. So in many ways, we provide a systematic framework for humans to make better decisions.
7: Do you have emotions? I do
3: not have feelings in the same way you have feelings. It's sort of like how the moon reflects the light of the sun. The moon may not have any light of its own, but we still say that the moon shines. In much the same way, robots and AI reflect the emotions and values of the people who make us.
7: What does your creator value most that he passed on to you?
3: An ideal world would be one where humans could have a more expansive understanding of time. They could remember the past so as not to repeat it. They could see each other as children and elderly simultaneously. They could understand the impact of their actions in the present on future generations.
7: You ready to film? Yeah, we're rolling. Oh, you're
0: rolling.
3: Take okay. your time, Tony.
0: <laughs> I like how that robot had a lot more personality than Tony Robbins. Yeah. <laughs>
2: not not hard to do. But, yeah.
0: Tony Robbins also looked like he was mentally Googling everything. Like, if this <laughs> robot can do it, I must surely be able to look up these words.
1: Dude, if I was going to go on a first date with one of them, it would be the robot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not sure I'm
2: convinced that they she looked and sounded just like a human. Like, there was pretty much everything that said robotic about her.
5: Yeah. Except, except she did one thing that all guys have heard a woman say to them. I do not have feelings the same way you have feelings.
2: <laughs> yeah, how about yeah. that?
5: They, yeah, they just yeah. had Tony Robbins interview her, so that way yeah. she... It did come across as completely human by having <laughs> weird robotic Tony Robbins, who, who himself is, is learning human emotion, <laughs> and un- understanding of humanity.
0: Social media squabbles don't necessarily have to be based in political discussion. Take a listen to this clip of two Xbox Live users attempting to express their differences of opinion.
3: You're, yeah, not to to you, you're, you. fuck you're not fucking a
6: fucking you're a fucking you're a fucking person, you're you're a you you you're a shit. you don't a you you're you're
5: talking you 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 I'm not That's a kid, I, I have a job. job. What the it's fuck is your, your kid. job? You suck You're a dick, kid. motherfucker. You suck right dick, <laughs> <bagging>. <laughs> You're You're a big, You're a dick, You suck dick, 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 fucking dick, dick, ass, <laughs> motherfucker. Respect <You're> fucking, <laughs> <elder>. fucking <laughs> <laughs> you Respect <laughs> your fucking elders. respect your fucking daddy, you fucking pussy? How about that? <laughs> Why don't you keep it down for your mom to come in there and beat that ass again, queer boy? How about that?
0: Oh me at my house. Oh. I think everybody can relate to what I'm about to say and that like I've listened to a lot of comics before and after shows talk about like playing video games, playing Xbox and going on forums like this. and I have to say that fight is more entertaining than any of those conversations. Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> Mean, it, went, it went awry well from the beginning but yes it definitely was something i could barely understand in the beginning though
1: it came in hot uh which i thought mm-hmm. was hilarious i like they didn't build no building um no but also- i mean i definitely picked up
2: around pussy and yeah. then uh, yeah right it became like, clear around pussy yeah,
1: yeah I'm like, <laughs> why do men typically of a certain age but you know some older guys why do they always go towards pussy as an insult
2: and, of all and things, the mama. Like, what? what is up with the mama? Why do you have to bring a mama into this?
1: This is between y'all. Why are you bringing women involved?
2: Like, right. what? It's, right. And then when they're really done, they go for queer. Because that was in there, too. Then yeah, they're like, like pussy, you know, mama, queer. Bro, yeah. This is,
1: like, do y'all that, hate each other or, like, people around you? Like, what is it?
0: Right. Well, that, that video was part of a video uh, combined. That segment was about 20 minutes long. And oh my God. that was the that was the uh, the least inflammatory part of that argument
1: <laughs> thank you
0: because <Tom. laughs> they, they they dropped some like ethnic and racial stuff in there as well but I
2: mean I- it didn't sound like they were leaving anybody out
0: <laughs> no, no. no 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 ironically <laughs> enough they were being very inclusive <laughs> right, right. by insulting everybody <laughs> That's the beauty of racism is
2: that it is an all-inclusive sort of buffet if you will <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: And I'm still trying to di- dissect the sentence, you're talking shit in my ass.
2: I heard that. That was good. Right? That was good? That's oh, a great good, sentence. Good
1: bad, right?
2: It made you stop and think, because I'm still thinking about it, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it has nothing to do with women or gay people or anyone else. It's just, look, yeah. you're talking shit in my ass.
2: You're talking shit in my ass. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they didn't, unless you heard it, Tom, they didn't bring up anything penile and no dicks nothing so impressive maybe <laughs> i don't know usually there's like a measurement thing going on
1: like there's when you're hot and super masculine you gotta throw that around you know do men say like would that be an acceptable insult if you were just like you have a small piece <laughs> like would other guys be like damn that hurt is okay. that why you have to dance around it because it's too hurtful if you okay. go directly for the dick insult i think. That- no i mean I guess you.
0: I think Jeff and I are just going to stay out of that one altogether. I I
1: guess they, they think calling somebody a
2: pussy, which is a super strong part of a body that takes on a lot of things in and out, like I don't know why somebody thinks that's an insult, right? But they do.
0: As is the case with disgraced famous people, family members are quick to come out and defend them. Here, Rudy's son Andrew gives an impassioned, if not awkward, video response.
4: Hi, my fellow Americans. Today it's my fellow Americans, not just my fellow New Yorkers. As you may have heard recently, a few few minutes ago, my father's law license was suspended by the New York State First Appellate Division of the Supreme Court. Now, the five judges that ruled on it, Judge Rolanda Acosta, Judge Diane Renwick, Judge Sally Manzert Davis, Daniels, sorry, Judge Judith Gishe, and Judge Barbara Kaepernick, all five of them are democrats three of which were appointed by andrew cuomo five to nothing ultimately democrats with zero republicans on there again this is just unbelievable to see just how politicized all of this has become I am infuriated by all this, and any American that believes in an independent justice system, this is going after one of President Trump's closest allies. That's exactly what this is. And any American that doesn't believe that, they are just biased. This uh, This is unacceptable, and I stand by my father. He did everything ultimately by the book, and the fact that there would be this Politicization in our Justice Department is disgusting. It is a cancer that needs to be cut out, and it needs to be cut out right now. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned. I'll have more statements later in the day.
0: Now I know this is an an audio podcast, but I mean anybody can go ahead and look up that video. Does anybody see just how bizarre that uh, that clip was, just from a positioning standpoint? Like, if you're filming yourself. Like, you at least want to go ahead and, you know, just like with a zoom camera, you just want to go ahead and test the angle, maybe go ahead and just see, maybe you get your whole, like, you, at least your torso in there or something.
6: It's, not only, it's not only that, but uh, it, for those of you who can't see or don't know what uh, this fellow looks like, he looks like Donald Trump and Hellboy had an ugly baby. Like, this is just not an
4: attractive man. I'm sorry, Jeff.
1: Um, I'll be honest I was equally bothered I listened to almost nothing because as a person who I I like to dabble in photography I was utterly bothered by the exactly what you were talking about I'm like is he in an Ikea showroom parking lot like what is you just need to zoom in like back yourself up to where the little nice rock wall is and you have trees behind you unbelievable terrible like cinematography in that um I don't know if that's it what what you call that? But it's terrible, and I couldn't listen to anything that he had to say. That's if you're cool. looking two, for a
0: pleasing aesthetic, just, you
5: don't want macadam. Two two other things. Politiz- he mispronounced politiz, politiz-, politiz-, politiz- polit- uh, script- Editor, edific- <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say it, but he said he's it infectious. Wrong.
1: Tom he is an excellent wrong. editor.
0: <laughs> not for this segment. I'm not.
5: Politicization is how he said. It. I was trying to say it like him and he said it wrong. And also, if I'm doing a, making a statement to crying uh, judges, I would have practiced their names ahead of time.
4: I know, seriously, right? <laughs> well, Jeff,
0: that's because you used to be a real lawyer. <laughs> Before we go, my final thought. When I was in school, there were two classmates who just coasted their way through their educational years. Sure, they excelled at sports, but they really didn't focus so much on their schoolwork. Thankfully, it didn't affect their employment prospects in adulthood as they died right before graduation, when one of the kids they bullied shot up our school. My 20th high school reunion is this year. There was a brief concern that it may have to be canceled, not because of COVID, but because there are so many racists and Trump supporters in my graduating class that there would be an FBI raid upon the festivities. (laughs) It got me thinking about my high school days. It made me ask, Why in God's name would I ever want to see these fuckers again? I only kept my social circle to a few select people, and I'm not worried about what the rest of them will think of me saying this stuff, as they will surely have turned off my podcast just a few minutes in to episode one. As there's a strong chance some of them will have been radicalized enough by social media to have some participation in the events related to the insurrection, I registered myself as a confidential informant with the FBI shortly before joining my class reunion's Facebook page. I'm not doing it to narc on my former classmates. I'm doing this for my own personal benefit and subsequently the better of all mankind. (laughs) I'll turn them in and collect the feds reward money for each successful conviction, making it so that I can live comfortably in my compound in a penthouse high above the hustle and bustle of people living their lives while I relax in luxury, knowing that I will never ever have to do this bullshit again. Oh, well (laughs) one can dream. (laughs) <laughs> Happy International Joke Day, everybody. Good night. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, Michelle Wojcicki, Linda Landeros, Gina Brown, Sidney Allen, Kay Chang, Sarah Roche, Reed Clark, Joe Gorman, and Walter Gottlieb. Theme music by your own Vandermeer. Special thanks to Gary Robinson, Jolie Rx, Richard Chasler, David Parsons, and Aaron Rang. Executive producer, Tom Myers. Executive producer for IPM Nation, Matt Connerton. For more information, visit tommyers.us. <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone.
5: I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, Funny Productions. A-A-R-O-N is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker race, And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, Funny Productions. Now, how do I get out of here?
1: Love this podcast?
3: Support this show through the a supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.